Hey, Turtle Boy listeners, this is Leanne and Gino, a.k.a. LK and Gino, and I want to tell you about my comic Fangs and Foul Play, which is now funding on Kickstarter at fangsandfoulplay.com. Fangs and Foul Play is about a vampiric cat, Fang, who lives in a Victorian town, and all he wants to do is eat. Meanwhile, a conflicted ex-colonel just wants to do the right thing. What happens when he becomes enthralled to Fang and is forced to find victims to feed to Fang? This is a PG-13 light horror comic, perfect for anyone who loves Black Cats, Sabrina, and the Adams Family. If this sounds like you, then Fangs and Foul Play is right up your alley. Hey, 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 this is Perry Edwards, your friendly neighborhood mangaka in the making, making a message to this podcast about my Kickstarter, Cold-Blooded Volume 1, Better Letters Make a Better Battle Manga. Cold-Blooded is about Rembrandt Snart who misses his dad. But while holding out hope after his father's disappearance five years ago, he discovers latent reptilian abilities brought out by a shadowy figure determined to end his life. Uh, if you like Dragon Ball Z, One Punch Man, or My Hero Academia, you'll like Cold-Blooded. So back the Kickstarter today. It ends November 18th. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Hey guys, before we get started, just a couple things. First things first, I want to bring your attention to the Green Arrow 80th Anniversary Giveaway that is currently running now. Over $50 of Green Arrow loot uh, goes out to the winner, and there's runner-up prizes as well. The second thing is I've launched my Kickstarter, uh, Gorilla My Dreams Team Up Number 1. So uh, check that out. It's my most ambitious comic book project yet. Um, Check the show notes, guys, because uh, you'll see the links there. So uh, check that out, and let's get on with the show. Turtle Boy Podcast is brought to you by Big Tim's Funny Books on Patreon. Get on the ground level with exclusive first looks and behind-the-scenes previews for the upcoming Gorilla My Dreams comic by Armand Rafat and Big Tim. Head over to www.patreon.com slash Big Tim and for as little as $1 a month, you too can get in on the ground zero with a number of pledge levels and exclusive rewards to suit any budget. With your help, Big Tim can keep making funny books and you can get some pretty cool rewards. www.patreon.com slash Big Tim. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Turtle Boy Podcast. I'm Big Tim. I'm Luke McWilliams. And I'm Colin. What's fucking Colin? What's Colin? I'll explain it later. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, as, as we just said, Luke McWilliams is joining us again after having a two-week... Uh, hiatus. Hiatus. That's the word mm-hmm. I was looking for. And we decided to bring Nafe back in uh, for the podcast because we didn't want to do another podcast featuring the Hulk without him. By a special request of Vaz. <laughs> so we run, let, let's run through that. So we, we posted the photo on Facebook today um, that we're recording tonight, me, Luke, and Nathan. And as is basically Nathan's best mate growing up in high school. All right. Um, 
And so what did he say? Podcast is better when Nate's back. I like it when you and Nate do the podcast. <laughs> I like when everyone else does it. <laughs> everyone else on the planet except Luke. Because um, I was, I was really fired up for tonight because I, you know, because I, I saw that photo. I thought that looks awesome. I was getting out my job that I hate. I was like, yeah, and I really enjoy doing this. <laughs> and then I read that the yeah. first comment. Okay, so the only comment yeah. that we get. So yeah, it's a, and as comes on, it says uh, the podcast is heaps better with you and Nate on there. <laughs> and Luke just responds with Jesus, <laughs> and the thought says, "I may, um, I think I may, that may have come out wrong. It didn't. It didn't." He says, "I think that may have come out wrong." Ha ha ha! I mean, the addition of Nate is more fun and crazy. And then I put like one of the gifts of Will Smith with a surprised face. And then he did a gif of a guy digging a hole. <laughs> and I said, dig up, stupid. And then anyway, then a gif war started. Everyone joined. Did you see mine? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then Luke posted a picture of uh, Sideshow Mel saying, I can only be myself. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's not setting the mood for this uh, podcast, I don't know what is. Thanks for listening, Az. Um, but next time, just get attacked, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that's pod- Tim saying that. Yeah, exactly. You can say the podcast. Um, okay, and tonight the podcast is brought to you by Pilsner. What's that word? I reckon it's Urquil. P- Pilsner, Urquil, and Nathan's drinking sour puss. Oh yeah, he oh. is. Hmm. Okay, so any news in the world, guys, or should we just get straight into the uh, Thor Ragnarok? I can get straight into it, because it's it funny. A friend of mine said, hey, Luke, are you, are you looking forward to Avengers Infinity War? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not hanging out for it. You are so. You yeah. know, because, because we've been doing this every week. You shut your dirty whole mouth. No, 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 no. It's only because <laughs> we've been doing this for so long. I've had my eye on the prize. Like, yeah, right. I've been thinking about Thor Ragnarok yeah. and then Black Panther, yeah. you know. And so when um, Avengers Infinity War comes, I'm going to love it when I'm watching it. But at the moment, it's almost like we've got a couple more things to get to. Yeah, yeah. And really, I think what we've done is excellent so far because when we watch it, it's all going to be one cohesive story. Yeah. Whereas I think when people who haven't seen a Marvel movie for a while, they've got to sit there we'll and get well. cluster fucks because mm. there's just so much going on, so many characters. Yeah, I heard, so 60, much color. I heard 64 different characters <laughs> in this film. Well, there you go. Well, it would be hard to... Um Watch it as a standalone movie. Yeah, it will be, and you'll get people going, "Oh, what happened there? What happened there? Yeah. Why is Thor looking like that?" What's the... Yeah, and if it's sixty-four characters, who knows what they're doing with their TV yeah. people? Yeah. And they're going to go, "Oh, who are they?" Look, dude, I've got my fingers crossed. Do you reckon mm. the TV, the like Netflix and that version, is going to have backlash from the Thanos? The TV series, they have had they talk about stuff in that. Well, but... yeah, I mean, the the whole thing came straight out of uh, the first Avengers film, yeah. and they were talking about. Terror from the sky and the man in the iron suit and all this. The sort of battle crap. in New York that that yeah. ruined the New York to the point that this kingpin could come in and. So look, yeah. it has to, right? I, I really think it has to. But what I want is even just the Netflix guys to to turn up, even just to be fodder. Yeah. 
But I mean, then that, that you know, if you kill Daredevil, then it's Daredevil season three, they've got to address that shit. Yeah. But yeah, but 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 you <laughs> Not know, Daredevil. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, though. You mm. know, like if, if if this is all a shared universe and the Agents of Shield and Ghost Rider out of Agents of mm. Shield, you know, even if you just had like Ghost Rider, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Punisher, you know, like in a scene or um, like as you read in the comic books, remember he just blinked half the creation out of existence. Spoilers! (laughs) It's a 20, 30 year old comic. (laughs) Actually, that's been the really tricky thing about doing these movies is what's a spoiler and what's not. What Mm. comic book has been around for 30, 50 years that they've sourced (laughs) for these stories sort of thing, you know? But um, yeah, but in in, in the comic he just snaps half of existence out of... (laughs) Jesus. Do the cats... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, right. That's oh, allergies. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Oh, Keep on going. Jesus. This is <laughs> going right. to be a long night. Um, yeah, so he just snapped half of reality out of existence. Yep. And half the teams just vanished, you know? So even if, if that was sort of part of what he did, you know what I mean? And you would have Daredevil maybe fighting some ninjas or something, and then mm. you just see Daredevil disappear. Or something. Look, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, but I, all I'm saying is, I would love to see the Netflix. I'd love to see Agents of Shield. Look, even they could even use this movie as a launching pad for the Cloak and Dagger TV show that's starting up soon. Mm-hmm. We've um, got the Runaways TV show. We've got the Inhumans. So much stuff that they Captain could... Marvel's coming up. Yep. And apparently, Agent Coulson's crossing back over into the movies for that. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. God. <laughs> <laughs> Stay dead. Is Quicksilver the only guy who stayed dead so, so far? All right. See, I was about to say, it's only two weeks till the movie comes out, and then we can sort of really hit comic book spoilers, but if what I said to you from the start is right, if this is a lead up to the Infinity Gauntlet, which will be the next Avengers movie, then you can't talk about anything still. You've still got to wait another two years till the next one comes out. Yeah, cool. All right, well, let's just run through the uh, business as usual. Yep. So, Thor Ragnarok, 2017. um, Can I count me in? Oh shit! Yeah, sorry, man. Fuck. So, because you haven't been doing a theme song these last two weeks, I forgot that he does a theme ah. song every episode. Okay, Luke, five, four, three. Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok. If you don't like it, you can suck my cock. Whoa. Thor is back and he's bringing some bulk. He's even got the Incredible Hulk. Look out! Here comes the mighty Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> wow! 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 wow. Beautiful. Nice. There you Very go. Nice. Oh. Hey. Take that, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Is that who that suck my cock was? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh shit! No, 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 no. Okay, so Thor Ragnarok, twenty seventeen. Thor is imprisoned on the planet Sakaar and must race against time to return to Asgard and stop Ragnarok, the destruction of his world, which is at the hands which is at the hands of the powerful and ruthless villain Hela. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Because, I mean, he begins in Sukar, but then he gets transported to the other planet that he has to get back to. No, that is that is the planet. Oh, good. So where does he start with the flaming fellow? Oh, that's oh, something. Yeah, the mind realm. But yeah. Okay, well, that's good then. That's yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, Sukar is basically <clears throat> from the Planet Hulk comic run. Yep. That's the planet that Hulk was on. Doing all of the arena fighting and that. Yeah, right. so, well, we'll, even we'll, that's we'll, a lot different. We'll get into that. We'll get into the differences right. and all that. Yeah. But no, um, so, uh, but it doesn't mention anything about Odin passing on the kingship or whatever. It doesn't talk about Hela being his sister. Do you think that? that um, well, I synopsis mean, needs that. I was, or I'm going to say that 
the Hella stuff could have come in, but I mean, the trailer had it anyway, so it's not like it's a yeah. It's not a surprise or anything, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the dist- I mean, the main thing is stopping the destruction of Ragnarok. Yeah. Wh- whoever is doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, this is directed by. How do you say his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Taika, Taika Waititi. Waititi. Yeah. Okay, which you may remember from such films as The Hunt from the Wilder People, The Hunt for the Wilder People, What We Do in the Shadows, and Boy. Mm. Is that it? Oh, he's, he's done a bunch of other stuff as well, as far as writing and directing mm. is concerned. But uh, those are the three that I've seen, and I love the hell out of them, man. Yeah. So. I was going to say he had a role in um, Green Lantern. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Real small role. Because that was shot up in the Gold Coast or something, wasn't I it? I think he was Hal Jordan's best mate. Oh. Really? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I'll have to look it up. Um, now, as far, as far as the cast is concerned, uh, the usual suspects, we've got Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, uh, Idris Elba as Heimdall, nice. Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner slash the Hulk, Anthony Hopkins as Odin, and Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. What did you call him? Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict? Benedict. Yeah. I thought you called him Benedict. Benedict. <laughs> um, Benedict. I probably did, because I was just thinking, as I was saying it, I was like, I nailed that. <laughs> um, you didn't. Okay, but we've got a bunch of newcomers this time around, right? Is he? He's in Green Lantern? Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't. I, I, it's been so... That, that's that's one of the movies on my hate list, so I probably haven't seen it more oh, than once. Oh, yeah. It's unfortunate. I've still got it somewhere, I think. Okay, so the newcomers. We have beautiful... Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. as Hella, and you may remember her from such films as The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings movies, Indiana Jones and The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I'll not have a bad word said about it, except for Sheila Booth. Um, <laughs> and The Gift. Love The Gift. It's a great friggin' film. Yeah. I was going through her IMDb, and it's as long as Luke's cock. Um... <laughs> And look, Impressive. I, I know about that song. Well, anyway, look, it's all right. It's the, out there on on iTunes. We've got the explicit tag, so you know. Um, <laughs> this goes to iTunes. Yeah, man. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> it's good. Great. Excellent. We're legit. Um, I was going through her IMDb, and like I know I've seen a lot of stuff with her in it, but just from looking at the titles, there's not a lot that I recognised. Like, I, those were the only ones I really recognised. I still haven't seen Elizabeth 1 and 2, and she got a Golden Globe for one of them, and Oscar yeah. noms and things. And I, I, I don't watch Queens. Tried. <laughs> I, I love drag queens, but not real okay. queens. Just didn't have the actual humour I wanted. Yeah. No, <laughs> dragons. Okay, uh, another newcomer is Sir Jeff Goldblum. Uh, who plays the Grandmaster, and you may may remember him from such films as the Independence everything. Day franchise. Everything. Powder. You remember Powder? Yeah. Oh. Fucking good. Jurassic Park movies. Well, the director of Powder. You know what happened there? Oh, don't ruin it for me. Like, okay. I mean, I love that movie. I don't know what yeah. was... Do you what like was Powder? Child sexual assault. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and he did time for it. And, um, yeah, there we go. Ah, uh, that's rough, man. Mm. Fully reformed. Well, apparently. Mm, hopefully. But people are now retrospectively looking at powder mm. and seeing it and thinking, oh, actually, mm, there's some yeah. subtext there. Shit. So, uh, All right, let's move on. Jurassic no, no, Park no. films? Yep. Yep. What else? The Fly. Yeah. Mm. No way I'm going to forget that. I think that was the first thing I ever saw him in. No, I think the first thing I saw him in was Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> With Jim Carrey. 
Yeah. Was it Jim Carrey? Well, one of them was Jim. Fuck yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, and um, you probably know this, but the reason why he doesn't... Oh, that's what... The reason why he doesn't want to be completely blue in this movie, because apparently the, the character of the master is completely blue. Yeah, yeah. Because he already played a completely blue character from Earth Girls Earth Reason. Girls Reason. So that's why he's got that just little blue bit on his lip and that's it. Yeah, cool, okay. Um, also joined by Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Mm. Now, you may, you may remember her from such films and TV projects as Creed, The Rocky Legacy. Yep. Ver- oh, the Veronica Mars TV. You didn't realise. No. Yeah. Wow, okay. Veronica Mars, the TV right, series. Nah. And the PG horror movie, When a Stranger Calls. Oh. And she was in something new. Yeah, I don't know. She's coming out. Uh, these are just when I... Um, I've explained to Luke weeks ago that what I do is I look at their IMDb if something jumps out at me and I and I know I've seen it mm. and I enjoyed it, that's what makes a list. It's not whether it's critically acclaimed or how new it is or whatever. Creed's just the first one I saw him. Mm. Um, also joined by Carl Urban as Scourge mm-hmm. slash The Executioner. And you Judge may remember Dredd. him from such films as Dread, mm-hmm. Priest, mm-hmm. a couple of the Riddick movies. Doom, the old... Video game adaption with The Rock. Okay, look, I saw that. I saw that on his list, but I wasn't sure if that was the same film or not. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. And Ghost Ship. Uh, yeah. Hey. Ghost Ship. That's um. Well, that was filmed on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was a good one. He was also in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, was he? He had long flowing locks along with Kate Blanchett. Yep. Very good. Um, also joined by another actor called. Taiki Watiti, who played Korg, and you may remember him from such films as Hunt of the Wilder People, What We Do in the Shadows, and Boy. Yeah. So he stars in all his own movies. Good on him, I say. I think so, because he doesn't take away from the, you know, the movies and these appearances. Like, when you think of M. Night Shyamalan, when he pops himself in the movies... It's a bit jarring sometimes. It's jarring, yeah. but it's also really self-serving. Like, yeah. that movie... Girl in the Water, Lady, Lady of the Lake. Water. Yeah, Lady. Yeah, Lady, Lady in the Water. Of the Lady water. in the Water. That's the right. Water Woman. He plays a character who's there's a writer. A, there's a woman in that water. The little woman made. Little Mer woman. The Mer child of Water Lake. The lady that couldn't swim. <laughs> the lady that could swim. Carry on. Thank you. <laughs> so the character that he played in that was a writer, and he gets told that in the future his writing is going to change the world, but he is going to get assassinated. <laughs> Yeah, like he becomes such a great figure. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, no. <laughs> okay, also joined by Rachel House, who plays Topaz. And you may remember her from such films and TV projects as the New Legends of Monkey Magic TV series. I haven't seen that yet. Is it out already? Yeah, it's on ABC iView. What it? <laughs> um, also, she's in What We Do in the Shadows, and also she's... Oh, fuck no, I'm on the wrong line. Also, she's in Hunt for the Wilder People, yeah. and she <clears throat> was also in Whale Rider. Remember that? No. Fuck, that was a good movie, man. Yeah, it was a right, right. little girl who was she little talks girl? to whales. No, the, no, she wasn't a little girl. And last but not least is newcomer Clancy Brown. Clancy! Yeah. Who plays Serto. Serto. Serto? Serto. Serto. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and you may remember him from such TV and film projects as Guillermo del Toro's Troll Hunter TV series. You may remember him on Netflix's Daredevil and the Punisher TV series. You may remember his voice from the Biker Mice on Mars cartoon <laughs> and Starship Troopers and Highlander. He's done a lot of um, animated Marvel movies. Heaps of animated stuff, man. And there's one thing that I haven't seen that I'm going to look up. It's called the Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go TV series. But you know, wow. you know he only does That's the voice. Of Sir Tur. 
Sirtle. Sitter? Sitter. He's like. Sir. Oh, Sirtle. S U R T. S U R, but it's pronounced Sir the first part. Oh, okay. Um, But he does the voice. So who does the motion capture? Y Y Titty, whatever his name is. Yeah, okay, cool. So he's got the two roles in the movie. Man, he's just taking all that cash. Yeah, so it's just going to be him. So, 17 paychecks for me. Yeah, Yeah, right. One paycheck for Helmsworth. Everything else is me. Um, So how do we want to tackle this? Because I've got lots of, you know, because I did did a lot of research, because I know we read a little bit of Thor when we were young, but we weren't really Thor experts. So I've done a lot of research. We can educate the listeners as we educate ourselves on the Thor comics. I did some speed research about five minutes before you arrived. Okay, cool. So we'll see what I remember. Um, And then I've got some miscellaneous stuff. Eggs and all that. Yeah. Yeah, got a couple of those too. Okay, so let's let's hit these why don't we hit these new characters? Yep. Alright, just let people know who these new characters are. So Kate Blanchett as Hella. Mm-hmm. Okay. She first appeared in Journey into Mystery one hundred and two from nineteen sixty four, written by uh Stanley and Jack Kirby. Now that pointy head crown thing she's yep. wearing was always part of the character. Yeah. Even okay. back then she was designed with that and even up to comics recently and like I remember buying Hero Clicks um, recently and I got I pulled one of her characters hmm. one of her miniatures and the, she still had the crown on so it's like cool. one of probably one of the few designs actually no every design fucking lasts forever they've all got their they, they change for a little bit but always go well back. sometimes they just do little hints of the old thing like mm. paying homage yeah. but um, yeah no it's great to know that that design kept all the way through mm. well um, Thor did he always? Did he ever have the sort of chainmail? Yeah, arms? yeah, yeah. yeah. When For was, the when movies, or yes, yeah, yeah. he did. It was Back in the seventies. He always had it. Yeah, and even recently, it was uh, J. Michael Straczynski and Oliver Kopiel's run. He was he was drawn with the chainmail armor as well. So, um, but in the comic books, she's actually Loki's daughter. Yeah, um, oh. the daughter of Loki and the, and the sorceress giantess. Angraboda. He likes the big women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, and look, and I've heard people complain that they changed it to be their sister instead of Loki's daughter, but it... it comic, comic purists. Yeah, but it wouldn't have packed the same punch. I don't care. No, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. It wouldn't have packed the same punch if it was just Loki's daughter coming to try and usurp the throne. But it's funny, though, isn't it? Because this movie starts with with, um, Thor and Loki trying to find dear old dad, Odin. So they finally find Odin in Scandinavia or somewhere. Norway. Norway. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, hi, fellows. Um, By the way, back in the day, I was a bit of a cunt. Um, oh yeah, you know I was savage. I destroyed. I took over you yep. know, Asgard. Um, you got a daughter who's actually going to pull me up on all this. Bye bye. He disappears. Yeah. So then, then Loki and Thor are left holding the bag mm. for the vengeance of this daughter that yeah. they've never known about. Who, in a way, is righteous. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Because she, she did the job of, of dear old dad. Everything of, she was expected to do. Did it really well. Mm. And then dear old dad sort of re-altered history yeah. um, to put him as this beautiful, fantastic leader. And um, and she's back to yeah. do what she does best. Yeah. yeah. Yep. To mm. claim the throne that's hers, really. That's right. That's rightfully hers. That's probably promised to her to get her to do these horrible deeds. Yeah. And, um, um, I mean, you know, and it makes you think with that... 
Thor has always been aiming to be as good as his dad to get on the crown, to get, get, get the crown and get on the throne, but he could never have ever, you know, measured up to the, 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 that false image of yeah. king. Mm. So that's what, and we'll probably get into it later, but that's why I liked that arc of Thor becoming his own type of king. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, now, Scourge, played by Carl uh, Urban, the executioner, he first appeared in the very next issue of Journeys into Mystery 103 um, in 1964, again by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Now, him having the change of heart and using the M16 machine guns um, to hold the bridge is straight out of Thor 362 by Walt Simonson. Up against... Well, it, I... Just some... Just some threats. Yep, yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, the Grandmaster... Now, I couldn't find any evidence to back this up. Tell me. The Grandmaster is said to be the brother of the Collector from yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. I couldn't find any evidence of it between the movies or the comics. There but is. It, a lot in the I comics. did find a lot of people saying it's like, yeah, they're brothers, but I was like, I don't know. Yeah, apparently there's a lot in the comics, even to the point where the uh, Grandmaster ends up dying and somehow he works with the Collector and the Collector convinces Earth's Mightiest Heroes and that to somehow revive him. So, okay, very cool. They're brothers and they're two of the oldest um, celestial beings in the Marvel Universe. So the Grandmaster was around before Planet Hulk? Oh, yeah. The Grandmaster in the comics isn't related to Planet Hulk at all. Ah. They've got, they've got two contests of champions. they yep. got, on Planet Hulk, in the Planet Hulk story, story in Sakaar, they've got a contest of champions, which is the battles they have in the arena there. Hmm. But there's actual comic book that came out in 82, I think. And it was called Contest of Champions, and it's the Grandmaster, and he'd grab heroes, and he'd like, um, and then grab hero foes and make them fight, and just gamble on them, see who's going to win. Yep. Um, so that's where they sort of got the two ideas from. Yep. Cool. Um, that wasn't um, entirely true. No, <laughs> I was going to say that wasn't Secret Wars, was it? Or is that that was something else completely? No, called Contest of Champions. Yeah. Okay. No. Cool. Um, Valkyrie. Okay, referred to in this film as Scrapper 142. Right? Now, yeah. man, I, I was looking up her background as a character. I'm familiar with her. I used to read Secret Avengers, which was mm. Steve Rogers' secret team that would go behind enemy lines and all this sort of stuff. And she was on that team. I think she occasionally showed up in some Hulk comics as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know much really about her, except she was in the, on this team with Cap. Um, but... The internet reckons that Scrapper 142 might be a reference to the Incredible yes. Hulk 142. Yes. Where it's not the first appearance of Valkyrie, but the first appearance of one incarnation of Valkyrie. Now, I was trying to read her background, and it's so convoluted and mixed up, man. Yeah. I just I gave up. I mean, as you do with 100 years of comic book continuity, it's not all going to be a straight line. You know what I mean? So uh, that was it was actually really tough to really understand who she is and what her story was. You yeah. know? So the Valkyries were, were heavenly beings, heavenly angels in, in actual Catholic, well, Christianity? Not Christianity. No. No? 
maybe Catholicism, but well, Catholic, whatever. Catholicism. Well, not but not in our snake biting Pentecostal church. Hey. <laughs> I always say the church we grew up in was like one step short of snake biters. You know the people that let snake bites them to show that Jesus will, won't let them snake die? Snake <laughs> But are the Valkyries from North Norse mythology? That's, I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so the original. Anyway, so the um the back this this Valkyrie in the comic books did she have angel wings coming out of her back? No, yeah. she wrote a oh. Pegasus, Pegasus, which like had that. wings coming out of his back. Pegasus did. Yeah. The horse. The horse. There aren't no horse angels. But is there a horse Valkyrie? But Pegasus has w- wings. You don't even know the history of Valkyries, so you can't say the Valkyries. No, Valkyries are from Norse, you can't Norse say, mythology. Uh, you can't yeah. say they weren't flying horses. No, but what I'm saying is flying horses in heaven there's not... Oh, look, I don't know. I know, but now I don't know anyone who has been there. Okay, so let's move on to Topaz. Now, you remember Topaz was a Grandmaster's right-hand... Yeah. Lady, mm-hmm. like the grumpy but Kiwi toast. lady, but toast. Um, she doesn't exist in the comics. All oh, right, she okay. She, she no, no, no. Hang on. The comics version of Topaz has nothing to do with galactic stories. Because nothing to do with Thor. Got nothing to do with Hulk. She was actually a uh, a sorceress from Werewolf by Night. But so I, I sorry. Doubt... What's, what's Werewolf by Night? Oh, okay. In the in the seventies, when the um, comic books code. Of, Authority came in and started to say, you know, you, you, comic books are corrupting children. Yep. You have to use our code of conduct. Um, that's when Marvel had to be a bit more clever with some of their characters and stuff. And like, they weren't allowed to say zombie anymore. They weren't allowed to, you know, all this sort of it's stuff. And so, differently. Yeah. Werewolf, it wasn't allowed to just be a Wolfman comic. Mm. It had to be, oh, werewolf by night. He's not really a werewolf. He's just a person that turns into a wolfman at night time. Which is a werewolf. Which is a werewolf. But, yeah. you know, it wasn't the full moon thing. So Marvel had to sort of be a bit creative in that. Yeah. Um, so, Seduction yeah. of the Innocence. That yes, was that report. That's, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, yeah, she, Topaz was a character in that, but there's no link at all between this film. Apparently... Look, this guy fucking researching oh, and shit. Yeah. Suddenly I'm not the big fucking brain at the table. Aaron's right, isn't he? Just before she dies, when she's in the ship chasing them through the ships, when they're trying to get through the devil's anus, <laughs> she's wearing funny. the same colours that the actual Valkyrie from the comics would wear, the pink and white or whatever The topaz, you mean, yep. Yeah. All right, I'll keep an eye out for that scene. She just did the burnt toast scene. Nice. And that's um, Colin. What? Colin was the little guy next no, to the No, it's not. No, it's not. It's um. Shots of sea. It's oh god, I follow him on Facebook. It's it's an Aboriginal comedian guy, and he he does all the. Um, Michael Gart. No, his name in the movie's Colin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, sorry, I was I was going to say um, but he's that Aboriginal yeah. actor who who does the um. Can't Black dance. Comedy. Can't dance. Well, what's his sense, slut? It's called Black Comedy. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I was just saying. No, that. is that what the show's called? Yeah, that's what the show's called. Right. Yeah, I know. Thank you, Deb. I did know the show. I was just trying to lead say up to the it. Skit. Yeah, just wanted, uh, to, just wanted to say that line. What do you know? What the actor's name is? Oliver. Oliver, the naked chef. <laughs> what? Jamie Oliver. Anyway, <laughs> um, so on from there, a couple of other newcomers is Korg and Mick. Mm-hmm. Now Korg. The very first appearance of Thor was Journey into Mystery 83. And on the front cover of that, there were a bunch of rock men, mm. like Korg. And then they, they wrote into it later on that 
one of those was actually Korg. Okay. Right. Um, and then he shows up on and the whole. Yeah. He and then he turned up in that comic, and then for fifty years nothing. But then in the Planet Hulk storyline is where he actually turned up in the comics again as that same rock guy from fifty years ago. So in Thor: The Dark World, where it starts with him clocking and that rock monster, that's not him. That's not Cork. Because I reckon it would have been great if it was. Because if he could reform, and that's why he's crumbling all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that could be good. But, but um, um, that's a whole alien race of people. And right, but the same alien as Korg. Yeah, yeah. They're um, meant to be like warriors. Serious, just like like the Hulk, but I guess from whatever their planet they're from. Yeah. But um, obviously, he took a different approach for him in the movie and made him comedic. Yeah. Well, what he said, he based him on the uh, big Maori bouncers. Where they're big and intimidating, but they got the real soft heart and they're real nice spoken, like friendly yeah. and that. Yeah, I just cool. like, hey, do you want to join the revolution? Yeah. <laughs> Who's in it? Me? <laughs> Colin? Or whatever? Yeah. Mum? <laughs> yeah. I didn't print out enough pamphlets, only me mum and her boyfriend turned up. Who I, I hate, hate him. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay, uh, look, I've got some other miscellaneous cool stuff, but we can just touch on that as we go. So, Nave. <clears throat> yep. You've got two buckets. One bucket says, greatest movie imaginable. Mm-hmm. Throw away the other bucket. I don't even want to hear about it. <laughs> Chuck it all in the greatest movie You don't even want to know. It could no, be even... No, it could no, be better than the greatest movie imaginable. It could be greatest sold, human experience imaginable. I was sold at greatest... Greatest movie that you couldn't even imagine. Nice. Wow. Luke. Yes. You've got two buckets. One bucket says, greatest movie imaginable. The other bucket says, worst yeah. movie imaginable. You can, you, and then you're not allowed to... worst movie imaginable says, you can never do podcasts of us again. Oh. <laughs> and it has to go in one bucket. It can't go anywhere in between. <clears throat> Which uh, one is it going? Greatest. Thank you. Yeah. In case you notice, we're not going to let Luke start analysing the movie too hard because me and Nathan are going to get too scared that we'll uh, he'll destroy our uh, favourite. Yeah, okay. Um, look, I loved this movie yeah. from the friggin' first time I saw it you know what I mean I was I was just enjoying the whole roller coaster ride you know it's funny because um and I was I remember this looking through your your blu-ray careful mate. what careful <laughs> that, you better no, no, think no, no. about what you're saying no I just mean you Wait. better think <laughs> think about what you're trying to do with Wait, all get scared, all getting punchy. <laughs> no no that this is this is basically can I just because <laughs> we were just talking because we, we were just because <laughs> we were just singing to Blues Brothers right I put Blues Brothers on Blues Brothers on for my oldest daughter yeah and that bit where you know Guitar Mac or whatever says to his wife shut up woman my daughter Trinity was like oh <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and you're like her dad listening to this so and I was like yeah we put it on two days ago and Deb's like this intro has taken a really long time. It does take... I mean, if, if you love the movie, that's fine, but I, it does take a long time Remind to Remind me the intro of that one. Look, he, he... Just getting out of prison? Just getting out of prison, yeah. then driving in the car, getting to the nunnery, you know, because that's what it's about, it's just trying to save the orphanage, yeah. you know? And, like, that's 30, 40 minutes or yeah. something. Yeah. If it's not, it feels like But it. a lot of movies from the 80s were like that, yeah. where it takes 40, 50 minutes to get to feel of the characters and for the story to start at that well, point. I remember just just destroying the record even before I saw the movie because I love the music yeah. and so I was really pumped to finally get on video. Yeah. And then I watched the movie I was like, no great shakes. Oh, really? Yeah, like like not a lot happens. They get out of the Yeah, yeah. It, 
I mean, it, it goes from cameo to cameo of yeah. people that I didn't really know yeah, right, back right. then. And then you've got the awesome, awesome concert at the end. Yeah. Because my favourite song is Hardy, 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 Hardy. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, then you've got that ridiculously long chase scene, which is funny when you're a bit older because you've grown up with chase scenes and so you can see yeah. the comedic element of it. I said to my boy, oh, you've got to watch this chase scene in the biggest car crash you, you know, you're going to ever see. Mm. And he goes... And, and he started watching it for a few minutes, and he's like, "Do you mean the biggest is in the longest?" Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. It's yeah. You know, but if you know, oh yeah, this is a cut to the chase. <clears throat> but because when you're younger, you think it's it's not really that great. Yeah. But obviously, um, with with hindsight and, and knowing a little bit more about movies, you you enjoy it more. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, sorry. What I was gonna say. Okay, so do you remember Skyfall? James Bond, yeah, yeah. right? Of course yeah, I, I didn't watch that shit. You didn't watch it? No, I'm not a James Well, the right. thing is, this movie, pretty much, so you've got Casino Royale, which is the best James Bond movie ever. ever. In the history of all James Bond movies. Okay, I, Grab that bucket. I went to a midnight <laughs> screening with uh, when Nathan worked in uh, Brisbane in the cinema. And oh. I went to a midnight screening, and I fell asleep and woke up where he's tied to a chair and they're smashing his balls in with the, with the rope. Ah! And I was just like, what the fuck? And... <laughs> I hate this movie. And I was like, this, oh, this, James Bond's definitely not for me. This is this is how it starts. Yeah, <laughs> James Bond or James Bondage. What yeah. are you watching? <laughs> so it started at you know, it. That was basically a reboot and a rebrand of James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Getting him in line with Jason Bourne and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Getting Revolver Tech and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Then we had Quantum of Solace during the writers' strike. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they weren't allowed to write a script with a scriptwriter. They had to pretty much just go on notes and improv and all this yeah. sort of stuff. And it sucked, unfortunately. It was a really bad intro. Yep. And then um, uh, Skyfall comes along, and you can see how they have the same Bond character in the beginning, but they symbolically kill him. Like, they yeah, shoot okay. him in the opening mm-hmm. sequence, yeah. and then he eventually comes back, and he talks about, oh, yeah, resurrection, what have you been doing? Yeah, I've been dead, I've been enjoying retirement or whatever. Yep. And then he has to train himself back up and become a new type of Bond. Mm. And, um, you know, with new teammates and new situations, and he's got a couple more injuries, and he's a little bit more lighthearted. That's what happens here. Yep. We see Thor with his long hair, um, sort of a little bit more... De- he's still a little bit serious, you know, but he's quipping when he's going up against Surtur. 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 There you go. Yeah, Surtur. But then we go through a deconstruction of him pretty quickly. Mm. So we see that, oh, Dad was just... A uh, jerk. A jerk. His kingdom was a myth that could never really achieve anyway. Oh, my hammer's gone. The one thing, you know, my my balls are gone. Mm -hmm. Crashed, you know. Some would say that you've got an intimate relationship with that hammer (laughs) and losing it is like losing a loved one. There you go, there you go, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Then he gets a haircut, and you think about, and that sounds quite silly, but then you think of Samson and Delilah mm. and what, what hair expresses, and yeah. so and, he absolutely gets and deep And talk about um, him with short hair in the comics, yeah. in Thor, the, the, the unworthy, unworthy Thor. Thor. So once Jane, what's her name, becomes Thor... Um, and he's unworthy of carrying the, the That's, hammer anymore. In the comics, he got his hair cut too, and it looks so like it does stuffy like it does in the movie. It, as it well. completely, it completely ties in with the Samson and Delilah type myth, you know. And, um, you, and you think also about going to prison, you get a shaved head. Yeah, you know, it's all that sort of stuff. And his new weapons, the, the weapons that he uses. Wasn't well, it funny film. that his club is like Hercules' club from the comics as well? Yeah. I read 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. But, but yeah, so basically we deconstruct the character down to bare bones, and then we can rebirth a new type of character, yeah. where he's a little bit, well, I've lost everything, I'm just going to enjoy myself. <laughs> and like, like he's almost like a new personality. Yeah. And, and normally you'd probably even have a new actor do this type of thing. But, um, you know, they, they basically do what they did in Skyfall, and I think this series needed it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not too sure about the numbers of the previous movies, but this one, from a budget of $180 million, it made a box office worldwide $854 million. It's unreal. It's amazing. So from what was the budget? Uh, $180 million. And this is uh, Taika's first big budget blockbuster yeah. movie. Yeah. And my God, he's going to be around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, look, and I'm interested to see where it goes from here because, I mean, we've heard Chris Hemsworth come out and say, um, you know, he's... Okay, so the first Thor film... Yep, say that again. The first... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did I say it right the first time? Yeah, you probably did. I did, probably did. <laughs> the first Thor film was a budget of $150 million and it made a box office of 439.3. Yep. Um, and that was from Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, second, let me just look real quick. Okay, the budget on the second, 170 million gross, right? 152.7 million net. I don't understand that. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's the that's budget weird. they made the film with. Whether whether the other 20 million is advertising or something. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, and, and that made 644.6 million. So oh, okay. it, it, made, it made the money, but um, yeah. not the $158 billion you said. $854 million. <laughs> it made yeah. that much. Yeah. But it was. Not critically acclaimed. It wasn't. A good, I guess it's you know, one of those. Didn't. They got the money, but it wasn't successful. Look, big like, box like office versus Superman. They made a lot of money, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Batman versus Superman made all the money in the world, and, and that was just and that was considered a flop. Mm. Yeah, I think with Dark World, people saw the first one tentatively, <laughs> thinking, "Well, I like Iron Man and like Hulk, what's this Thor business?" Yeah. So they saw the first one, enjoyed it. Second one comes out, oh great, it looks like it's going to be better. Boom! What's it happened? Yeah. But they all went to see it. And yeah, so yeah. I guess you have to look at also the um, the weekend or first week of drop off as well, yeah. and all that sort of rubbish. Yeah. But looking just at the at the money, you know, to get people back in after Dark World and in such mm. a big bad way. You know what else we should have looked at is the movies that were released the week before and the week after. Yeah, because that sort of affects sometimes gives an gives an idea of, of the, the other types of movies. Oh well, yeah. like what, if, if we had a thought ahead, time. we could have looked up what came out the week before Thor Ragnarok and what. Yeah. came out the week after well or they the always week. jockey for position for these things so I think this would have been in a very safe um, place yeah. Yeah. yeah they still do that I mean you're not going to be releasing anything around Star Wars for example yeah 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 yeah. okay what else do you have any issues with the plot the story because you're, you're usually pretty good at picking up... Um, Just tearing our favourite movies apart. Yeah. I guess, say for example... We, so what, the, what the hell were they doing? What were they thinking in this bit? It makes no sense. And I'm like, oh, he was, he was thinking about something good. Say for example with um, Captain, oh, Captain America Civil War. Like on the one hand, that's a direct sequel from Winter Soldier. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you've got Kevin Feige going, right, you brothers who made this awesome movie, Winter Soldier, I want you to cram in elements of Civil War. So you watch that movie and it's not really Civil War. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a bit of a sequel, a bit of Civil War. And when you watch it, 
to me anyway, it's a little bit clunky. Yeah. Like you can see where it's shifting gears from one to the other. Mm. And the best scene where you can see that is when you've got the Spider-Man scene where he lands yeah. and you've got uh, Tony Stark say quipping with him going yeah we don't usually talk that yeah. that much okay great great then you go straight back to serious talking yeah. to you know and you can see that switch your know, gear change yeah. you're thinking whoa that was a clunky gear change yeah. mm-hmm. whereas this movie it's um thor ragnarok and planet hulk you know these two elements oh, i would almost say it's three films okay right i would say it's a marvel team up right mm-hmm. then planet hulk then thor ragnarok like you know, yeah. just with the with the Doctor Strange stuff on Earth sort of thing, and Surtur yeah. and that you know at the yeah. start, because it does to me feel like three distinct chapters, or even three distinct acts in the film. You know mm. what I mean? Almost, uh, almost Pulp Fiction sort of thing. You know, where you have three different stories, you yeah. know, three different short They're stories, kind of. You know what I mean? But of course, they've strung it together with a. Um, I didn't. I didn't find the. And, 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 and each world had its own distinct feel and look. Oh, yeah. Like the whole Earth thing, even with the Surtar, the first third, then, you know, the the Act 2, mm-hmm. Jack Kirby influences everywhere, you know, on, on Surtar. He was at a point where they've actually got his artwork. Yeah, they blew his artwork up and put it up on the wall. Oh, wow. And all, the, you know, all the bright colours and the sharp edges and the circles that you see on Sakaar. Yeah, um, all the just, grooves in the doors and the little, like, circles and yeah, lines. Yeah, straight out of, you know, the costumes, those those sentinel guys yeah. that are standing in Grandmaster's thing, you know. In, uh, in the Grandmaster's little throne area at the uh, arena, mm. where they're watching from there, you'll see, like, big patterns on the wall behind him. Yeah. It's out of, like, one of the old was okay, one of the old comics. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it was straight up blown up. Fantastic Jack Four, Kirby sixty-four. Oh, okay, cool, it definitely cool. had like a late seventies, eighties sort yeah. of sci-fi retro yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah, which was awesome. Mm. So, and, and then Asgard in the third act has again its own feel again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But you know, having said that, you know, I, I think you know, you being a great Hulk fan, yeah. I'm sure you would have just liked to have seen a movie called Planet Hulk. That's majority of Hulk fans were like. We didn't want Thor Ragnarok with a bit of Hulk, Planet Hulk in there. Yeah. We want Planet Hulk as a standalone. But let's yeah. take a sidestep. Have you seen the animated Planet Hulk cartoon? Yeah. How, what did you think of that? Was yeah. that true to the? Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember seeing it <laughs> because in the comic books, in the arena. Mm-hmm. Now let me see if I get this straight because I'm again. This is I, uh, in the comic books. He fought. He didn't. He didn't fight Thor. He fought. Beta Ray Bill. No, that was the cartoon. Oh, he was about to fight. That was the cartoon in the, in Silver, the cartoon. Surfer in the Silver Surfer yeah. in the comics. Yeah, where Silver Surfer he had his. <laughs> How could you beat the Silver Surfer? He had his surfboard as a shield, uh, and he had a club because they had the things on their necks, the like in this movie yeah. that that nullified their powers a bit. Yeah. So he didn't have access power to all cosmic. the power cosmic. Right. So he had this big mallet club thing. He, the, the the surfboard was his shield, and you know he sort of had sort of. Uh, Korg type armor yep. on as well. Oh, cool! Um, and then yeah, in the animated film, I th- it was Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, because in, in the animated, fought, f- but they were going to. Fight. In the animated film, I remember because he turns up. It's the one thing I do remember, yeah. and you see the red cape and the helmet, and you're like, oh, "Thor's here!" And then he turns around, it's Beta Ray Bill. Yep, cool. Um, and you saw the um, the monolith. You know, in um, the Grandmaster's tower. Okay, we'll get to that because oh, I have God. all the details on that. All of them. All of them. But I guess but what I was saying, anyway, yeah. you know, so, so you, Thor has to go off-world for a bit, and then um, he has to fire his way back to Asgard. 
But I was just thinking, well, you kind of need to have that because how could he have had the whole movie just on Asgard? Because mm. Thor's sort of thing is he needs to get exiled somewhere else and work his way back. I mean, this is a reboot. It's almost like a remake of the first movie. It's Look, the, the, the beauty of the first movie, as we've said, was the whole fish-out-of-water thing. And it, and Again. I think that's why the second movie didn't work because everywhere he went, he was comfortable. He was awesome. He was mm. kick ass. And yeah, and this movie, as you said, yeah, again, fish out of water. He's 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 been stripped of his power. He's been stripped of his hammer. He's in this uh, arena with a thing on his neck that's you know or nullifying yeah, his power. Deep yeah. in yeah. the first one doesn't well. know where he is. Doesn't know how to get out. You know, and that's why I think with Thor, I mean, there's there's not a lot you can do with him. Mm. You know, apart from that first movie and and setup, what else can you do with him? So on the one hand, I you know I th- I figure ah, it would have been great to have. You know, Planet Hulk on its own movie, yeah. but then again, Thor had to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, um, because you can't have a movie with just Thor in in Asgard. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. and that's I mean, and that's the exact thing with the comics as well. Be interesting. Very, very few of his comics. I mean, from my experience, anyway, mm. were set in Asgard. You know, yeah. it would be interesting if um, this is something that the MCU takes on the um, team ups. Yeah, okay. apparently all the Spider-Man movies are meant to be team-ups, the ones that they're doing. Oh, right. Yeah, the ones with Marvel. I think it's with the Sony contract. They can't give them a standalone movie. It has to have another hero in there. So that's why oh. the first one was kind of Iron, Iron Man. Man. You know, so the next one could be Captain America or Somewhere. Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's basically what Hulk is, because he, he can't have a standalone movie. Yeah. He needs to be linked He in. struggles on his own. And I think... Like, well, no, no, I think it's the contract again. Because yeah, Columbia is. Pictures apparently owns the distribution right. rights to a Hulk movie. Yeah. But then that's why Hulk, like you are explaining, if you want to see a trilogy of Hulk movies, you just watch his appearances in the MCU, yeah. and that's it, and that's all you're going to get. Got a story, yeah. There's a great YouTube clip of um, the actor, Mark Ruffalo, being asked, are we ever going to see a Hulk movie? He goes, yeah. no. And he looks at the camera and goes, because, no, Columbia Pictures. He goes, because Columbia Pictures don't, don't want to make a bucket full of money. <laughs> and and he's just harsh on them. He goes, and that's their decision. That's mm. fine. Yeah. I'm doing a Thor movie. Yeah. Because yeah. I had Del Toro writing write a TV series for a while. A Hulk TV Hulk. series. Oh, yeah. And then God been, damn it. God damn it, Del Toro. Because he was... Because... Oh, can you imagine the life of bliss I would be living in if Del Toro did half Followed the things that he... Piece. The thing yeah, is, because with my rant a couple of shows ago about Kevin Smith yeah. and, and um, Tim was sticking up for Kevin going, well, you know, Grill Mario Del Toro, he says he's going to do all this other stuff, but then he doesn't pull through. Yeah. Like, yeah, but then whatever he does, he gets an Oscar for it. Like um, with Pacific Rim Uprising, mm. he was all gearing up to direct that one. Yeah. And then you're right, there was like a little bit of kerfuffle yeah. between the distribution companies. Like, oh, so, I'm out. Yeah. So then he did The Shape of Water, got an Oscar. Yeah. But what so. was that? There was one thing he had held him up for years. Uh, the Mountains of Madness and The Hobbit. Yeah. So he, I think after that, he's probably just gone as soon as things start to yeah. go, if he's yeah. like, nah, not wasting Well, because that's the thing. He had this philosophy of one movie for me, one movie for them. One movie for me, one movie for them. And then I think, yeah, like like the Hobbit trilogy and the Mountains of Madness, I think that was just where the point where he's like, look, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'll do what I want to do. And if I get static, I'll just move on. The thing is, though, he's gone to the point that if he doesn't move it for him, it's for us. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I love the design of this as well. I thought it was really, really, really great. The, um, the comedy... It was fresh. You got awkward comedy in there, which I think Marvel does really, really well, especially for um, Taika. 
You know, that, that type of thing. Look, he, really he well. definitely brought that Kiwi sense of humour to it. Yeah. You know? um, but there are some devastating things that happen in this movie. Like, really horrible things. So you got, you know, Odin dies. Yeah. Finally dies. I haven't seen him for ages. Yeah. First time he sees him, he drops some horrible knowledge. Dies. <laughs> Ragnarok gets completely destroyed. Yeah. Or everyone, well, you know, a lot of people die. They milk friends. They milk Colin. Let's let's. <laughs> we haven't had, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, we, we haven't had a chance to get to get used to Colin. But, I like but the, the, the the friends, the three friends, the Warriors Three. Now Dead. that to me, that was a shock. as as we've discussed a number of times through these films, mm. is Marvel is always criticised for not having high enough stakes. People's lives aren't on the line, mm. and so I think part of that was just like, all right, you want some loved characters to die. But but they did. Let's do it just real quick in one fell swoop. Sort that's of. That's it, really quick, and not even linger on it because there was there were so many jokes. Mm. So the tone was really light, and we we're laughing, but thinking, hang on a second, <laughs> what? she just shish kebabbed Hogan. Yeah, these actors came back on screen just to quickly die. Yeah. I have no ceremony, whatever. I'm thinking, oh, maybe they'll pull through. Then Ragnarok blows up. Yeah, you know, the Asgard. And I was thinking, oh my gosh. So, yeah, so Hogan's got the spear through his, and, and I'm thinking, he'll be right. He'll yeah. be right. Just yeah, stick a band-aid on there. But it's like watching the end of uh, Rogue One where, you know, everyone's dying, spoilers, everyone's dying, but we don't concentrate on the deaths because now we've got all these cameos leading into a new hope. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We're, it's almost like a disservice to this movie that we spend an hour and a half watching because, ah, oh, screw them. Don't worry about them. Because there's Darth and there's Princess Leia. Yeah, well, I, right. I was actually talking to someone about that today. Screw these guys. Yeah. I was talking to someone about that today, and as much as I love that movie, yeah. with all the cameos, once we got up to C-3PO and R2-D2, I was like, we get it. It's a Star Wars movie. You said that to people who were watching it. Did I? When they showed yeah. up that, you're like, you know what, I think I've seen um, enough. But I thought... I behind you and shut up, punk! <laughs> and again, not to dwell on Star Wars, because we know how I feel about that. Mm. I really felt, though, by killing off that whole cast, right, in Rogue, Rogue One, it, it, it was it was brave storytelling in today's day and age where everything's about franchises and sequels mm. and, uh, mm. you know, all this sort of stuff where they were like, okay, this is a one-shot film. And they were cool, you like, know? all characters where you're like, man, I, would, I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing Chirrut and Baz? Yeah, Buzz? look, I forget their names. But I wouldn't they... mind seeing them team up in a movie or and something. And I, I thought it was brave in this era of Marvel movies where no one dies except mm. bad guys to kill off the team because, like, I went with my... I took my kids to Rogue One. Yeah. And when that movie finished, my oldest daughter was in tears. And she was like, what, what's the point? What's the point? No, sure. But I was just saying to her, you know, look, you know, they even though they gave their lives to accomplish their mission, mm-hmm. you know, which to me is much more powerful than Captain America Saving just the punching day. the hell out of bad guys and saving the day. You know what I mean? And it, 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 it is... Um, un, uh, abnormal or unusual storytelling to kill everyone off. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, well, I mean these days, I feel, mm. you know? Oh, these days, absolutely. But yeah. the thing is, even though you know, it's brave, they softened the whole thing to the point that's, that they did reshoots to add in C-3PO, to add in Darth, and to add in Princess Leia. Yeah, right. And the whole movie was constructed to soften the blow. They watched it when this is a bit dark. Let's add some... Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, right. when you think about it, it's not a Star Wars story. Mm. It's a direct prequel to A New Hope. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then, I'm like, it's 
it's the prequel we should have got instead yeah. of three prequels. But that's the thing. Originally, it wasn't going to be a prequel. It was going to be a standalone. Everyone dies horribly. The end. Yeah. And so this movie, um, yeah, they gloss over the drama of it. Like, the, if yeah. you read the script, you think, oh, my God. And then you see it and think, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. 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 So there's no gravity. There's stakes. Yeah. And we see that. But the gravity of the situations aren't paid heed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Shall we get into my fun stuff? What's your favourite part of the movie? Oh, jeez, man. Look, there's so much. No, um, one. Why don't you tell us about yours and I'll have a think. Cause I got too many. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have one, but you can have 45. What I'm thinking of is um, when Ben is in the ship and they've got the big attack dog running along the rainbow bridge and he's like, it's all right. I got this covered. Yeah, and, and it jumps out the window, and he just hits the ground, the bridge hard. Better, but that's a throwback yeah. to Ultimate. The, no, to the Incredible Hulk, the movie. Mm. Remember when Edward Norton? Edward Norton just jumps out of the plane yeah. and he hits the ground and turns into the Hulk, sort of thing. I thought it was a good little play uh, on that. But that was from the um, Ultimate. Yeah, released yeah. him. I I don't know if I read what someone said to me. They said basically that's that's the death of Doc Bruce Banner mm. yeah. because his fear is if he turns into the Hulk again, he'll never turn, he'll back. Never turn back. But by falling on the bridge like that, the human's dead, and then boom, he becomes the Hulk. Mm. So I just thought that was quite interesting. Um, but remind me in in those final scenes where they're flying away from the destroyed yeah. Asgard, was he still Hulk? No, I think he was Banner. I think really. He, yeah. Oh, there goes that then. No, Deb turned it off. Oh, I was just looking over at the TV to see. Um, I thought it was still Hulk. Yeah, I'm going to have to have a look at that because look in my mind I can see it both ways. So because there was a, I remember an old Marvel comic where, like old meaning it was a flash forward into the future where um, Hulk. Someone says about Hulk that if he ever changes back to Bruce, he's going to die. Because Bruce, the human side of him, died years beforehand. That was Hulk the End, I believe. Oh, there we go. I thought that yeah. was quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, what comes to mind when we say Thor Ragnarok? I think of the scene with Kate uh, Blanchett and the hammer in her hand and she just crumbles the hammer. Like that. that's... Symbolic. Really bringing... Hey. Oh. Sis... Oh, um, how she tells him to bow like Loki did. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The early movie. And then she goes, something about bow to me or whatever. And Loki's like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Loki's, Loki's like, that's my thing. <laughs> um, but, I mean, look. I mean, I love his interaction with Doctor Strange. That was great. Where he says, why couldn't you call me about my dad? Because because you don't have a phone. Well, you could send me one of those electronic letters called an email. Do you have a computer? No, why? <laughs> I was like, how, as he's checking the books and he keeps zapping the new spots, and you see Thor in the background, he's trying to get his balance all the time. Well, that was like, in, in those scenes specifically, um, like, you know, when he's drinking he's given tea and then it turns into a beer apparently really practical effects as far as there is a stage hand just off camera because he he puts the tea off shot and then they quickly give him a beer and he holds it up and it's a beer so like apparently uh taika fuck i'm so but apparently that, that was a lot of his approach to the film where you can if you really pay attention a lot of the effects are just practical effects like that you know what i mean saving saving money and just 
doing it practically, you know. I really love Doctor Strange. I, that's one of the movies that I just watch over and over. Yeah. I think because of the colour and the magic and something a little bit different. Can, can um, I just say, my dad was down last weekend and I put it on for him. Yeah. Like, first we watched Thor Ragnarok and he says, was that a real Marvel movie or was that a spoof of a Marvel movie? Yeah, nice. And then, and then I put on Doctor Strange and, like, he was just like, Where, where's all the adventure? Where's all the action? Because, you know, like, it starts off in... Um, Kulinra or whatever the yeah. town's called, whatever the city's called, but then he, uh, um, yeah, then it goes just to him being a surgeon and all this surgeon stuff, and he's like, "Where's the adventure?" Yeah, and he's studying, yeah, he's researching, <laughs> yeah. But and we didn't finish it. Dad wasn't <laughs> interested. <laughs> but then at the end of Doctor Strange, uh, you got Doctor Strange with Thor, yeah, and you can see that they're that they're not clicking quite right. You know, they're they're very sarcastic and passive aggressive. Yeah. And so I thought, what's that all about? And I thought that would be revealed in this movie, but it wasn't. Mm. They just straight up, they just don't trust each other. And, yeah. You know, like, Doctor Strange is looking forward to helping Thor just to get rid of them. Because, yeah. obviously, I'll help you get the hell out of New York City. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And it, was a re- it was a fun cameo, like, whipping around in the dimensions and all oh, sort of that stuff. Oh, so good, man. Yeah. Like, and Thor just can't hack it. And, but it was good also because with Doctor Strange and he's doing all of his tricks, and it looks really quick and he's doing a lot of different stuff but if you've seen Doctor Strange you've gone through that evolution of his powers so you know what he's doing yeah it's, yeah it's great yeah sure um Thor in that scene when he's not Thor he's got like an umbrella yep now I've actually I made a note about that mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Uh, while on earth uh we get a nod to the old comic continuity Thor's umbrella is his Mjolnir stand in Yep. And when he's in Norway, he bangs the umbrella on the ground to change from his street clothes into Thor. Just after um, Odin dies. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And in the old comics, Dr. Don Blake used to have a walking stick, mm. and that's how he would transform into Thor by hitting it on the ground. Yeah, I was going Don or Roy. So, yeah. Apparently in this movie, uh, I think it's towards the end, when he holds up his sword and, and he becomes like you know the god of thunder and lightning or whatever, and then um, he just illuminates with lightning. Mm. That was a, sh- um, you know, a homage to Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. And that builds into the whole 80s sci-fi yeah, fantasy yeah. thing. That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, were you looking something up just then? I was just trying to look up a picture of them on the ship at the end to see if it was Banner or Hulk, but yeah, right. Find nothing. Mm. No, that's right. Um, okay, well, let's get into the what I want to talk about <laughs> most. Yes, there we go. Screw You're you guys. An hour of your shit, guys. Now yeah, listen to me. I'll be really patient. Yeah, you sons of bitches. Um, the as Nathan brought up earlier, the Grand Master's Tower, yeah. right? And the faces on the tower. Yes. Right. All of them. Marvel characters, right? Yep. Obviously. So what we've got at the top is obviously Hulk's head being built because he's the current... I'll just cut you off for a sec. Yep. The Grandmaster as well, I can't remember what they're called, he created a team of Marvel characters which were, what do you call it? Homage, homage of the Justice League to fight the Avengers. Yeah, right. And then... That's not Supreme Justice or something. Could be. Okay. And then... um. He was the one of the forces behind the Justice League Avengers crossover comics. Yeah, right, okay. All right, Carry very cool. Tower. So anyway, with his tower, they're obviously building the Hulk's head on there because he's the current champion, mm. right? Now, below the Hulk head, to the left, is actually Beta Ray Bill's head, right? Yeah. Next to his head on this, on, on the right... So you know Beta Ray Bill? Uh, he was a stand-in for Thor, wasn't he? Kind of had a Thor... F- 
like a horse sort of shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. When Thor um, was unworthy for a while, he lost the rights to the hammer. No, no, no. What, what happened with Peter Ray Bill was he was he was out. Thor was out on this cosmic um, adventure with these horse faced people, mm. and this one character, Peter Ray Bill, just really impressed him with his warrior spirit. So Thor was just like gave him some Thor power. Oh, some Thor power. Yeah. Well, no, okay. he's he's like a Thor light. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So he can, and he's worthy to carry the hammer. Yep. So he carried the hammer for a while, and when Thor came back to collect it, Odin made him his own. Okay. Sort of hammer. Yep. Okay. So Peter Ray Bill first appeared in Thor three hundred and thirty-seven, created by Walt Simonson. A lot of the characters and story was pulled from Walt Simonson's run in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Hence the whole eighties feel of the thing as well. You know. So. Yep. Um, be- below Hulk on the right is Marvel's Ares, God of War. Yep. Okay. Oh. Now, he first appeared in Thor 129 in 1966, uh, again created by Jack Lee, Jack Lee, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Yep. He's got one of those gladiator sort of helmets like Hulk wears. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so that's Hulk. you got Beta Ray Bill. you got Ares. Now, under Ares is two faces, right? Mm. A head with two faces on it. Now, that's actually a Hulk villain called Bi-Beast. <laughs> Okay. And it's just this massive, muscly monster with two faces. Which, again, he hasn't been um, in the whole comic for years either. Yeah. He first t- turned up in The Incredible Hulk 169 in 1973. Yep. Okay. Then, underneath Beta Ray Bill, you have... Now, I, I actually had to research this because I didn't know who it was. A Hulk villain called the Dark Crawler. I missed that one. I, I looked at the other face and I didn't even notice that one. Yeah, okay. Underneath Peter Ray Bill is uh, the Dark Crawler who first appeared in The Incredible Hulk 126 hmm. in 1970. Our listeners probably saying now this is getting very boring with Tim just rattling off. Um, but the face right down the bottom. Which on some photos it was at the top. Because I was looking at photos trying to get the pictures. What? And there's one where it's at the top. And then there's a different one down the bottom. But will you tell me what it is and I'll correct you? <laughs> the bottom face with the big eyes and the elephant nose is Man-Thing. Yeah, if you look up the oh. photos on the internet, there's some where the Man-Thing's head is at the top, where, where they're building Hulk's head, and the bottom one is actually Fing-Fang-Foom. No, I don't agree with that at all. Do you reckon that's because they're, they're playing to the popularity of those characters in different countries? Oh, no. Nah. Okay. Why is Man-Thing... Well, the the, the Man-Thing... Okay. Man-Thing is Marvel's Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing is his first appearance was in a comic called The Giant-Sized (laughs) Man-Thing. Oh, God. You couldn't write that. Yeah. Um, But he is the guardian of the nexus of realities. Oh. Okay, so he he defends this swamp in... uh, New Orleans area where mm. it's the nexus of realities and there's portals and stuff that pop up and that yep. sort of thing. So, I mean, none of these characters, I mean, probably apart from Beta Ray Bill, are like... The first one, man thing at the top. Uh, I see it, but I don't believe it. Um, yeah, like none of these characters are so popular enough that they... Yeah. Pick them for the popularity's sake. You know, I could think of, you know, much better characters to stick up there. With their faces... Think st- Fang Foom at the bottom? What's that look at Think Fang Foom? You know who Think Fang Foom is? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, look, I saw it. Look, I see it. 
But I don't believe but it. But then I look at the ones, and even on the movie, when you see a fly into it, you can see they're constructing Hulk's head. And I'm like, well, where was this one? Is it a, a cutout scene or something? Or? Yeah. Well, I was about to say, if your face is on things, does that mean you're dead? Yeah, I think it's your previous champion. And they're saying okay. that um, the Hulk killed the one before him. Yeah, But which yeah. one was that? Mm. Maybe it's both of them. Maybe yeah. there was two champions. Hmm. Okay. But yeah. Okay. That was really fun to research because straight away watching the film, I straight away recognised um, Beta Ray Bill, Ares, and Bi Beast. Yep. Um, it took research to, um, like, I didn't even realise there was Man Thing's face down the bottom. Mm. I knew there was another face there. I didn't know who it was. Yeah. But it, doing the research and looking at the photos, it's like, oh wait, Man Thing's down there as well. Well, that's good because again, that's an Easter egg that it doesn't detract from the um, you know watchability of the movie. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, this is the sure. view when she flies past, and you see the Hulk's heads there, and it's the Man Thing's forehead yeah. bottom. So I don't know why. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again and really pay attention when we see that tower. Um, I've missed it. I watched this. I put it on twice today, and I missed it both times. It's just so fun, man. That you just you get wrapped up in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what else? I mean, then there's the he talks about being uh, turned into a frog. Okay, and that was the thing, was it? That's straight out of the Walt Simonson oh, well, comics as well. It was like he said a name that was like Thor and Frog mixed together or something. Throg. Frog. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, isn't it? Because like, this movie didn't really dip into the ultimate comics at all. Yeah. It really did go back to the, to the Thor of the good old days. The closest it had to the, the ultimates and stuff was like nods, like um, when you get into Hulk's room when Thor goes in there with him. Yep. And that sounds dodgy, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but he gets out of the bath and that, and you see him sit down, he's got all the beads, the big beads around his neck, yep. and the, the cock around his waist. That's an ultimate reference. Okay. From the old comics where... Um, Ultimate Hulk vs Wolverine, where he rips him in half and throws his body like 200k that way and 100k that way. Like, yeah. yeah, right, okay. I didn't realize that. All that. <laughs> so they've got little little bits in there, but yeah, I think storyline-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time that Lou Frigno didn't voice the Hulk. Mm. Oh. So it's Mark Ruffalo. Oh, okay, I did not realize that. Mark Ruffalo, and he, I think he did the motion capture as well. Yeah. I think if you, like, we spoke about this before, if you're an actor and you're known for one you know, CG character yeah. you want to get right in there that's right yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, look I really love the depiction of the Hulk on Sakaar right and he, to me he was like a big baby yeah, yeah. Baby you know arms. what I mean like yeah but just the whole thing he's like a sumo wrestler yeah. yeah but just the whole thing you know and he's walking and he's pulsing he goes oh, I just get so angry all the time I'm angry you know it's like a kid trying to you know, with kids of our own, you know, actually your kids are actually right at the right age, yeah. Nave, where they're, they're trying to understand their emotions and they're trying to, you know, master their emotions and stuff like that, you know. Like, that's really what I got off um, Hulk in Sakaar without Banner balancing him out. You know, he, just, he was just like a big kid, you know, yeah. and it's like when someone tries to walk out on him and he doesn't like it, he throws something and blocks their way and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He throws stuff at Thor when Thor doesn't say... Yeah. So when Thor says mean Always shit. kills you with the shield. Um, and, and, and look, I, I really found that, and maybe it was because it was Ruffalo, Ruffalo doing the body capture as well as the voice, I really found it endearing mm. on, on the Hulk. You know, although in the previous films you're just like, okay, Hulk's awesome, but in this it, it really sort of won my heart over, you know? I guess one thing we haven't spoken about, um, just 
I think the reason why this movie took the tone that it did in terms of you know comedic tone but also colour is because of the great success of Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. Yeah. And so when you so when you think about Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, having the ability not to know what a metaphor is or a mm. parallel and being yep. very very literal, almost childlike, yeah. then you see Hulk almost being the same type of character. And so you can have those conversations between Hulk and Thor, like Chris Pratt would with with Drax. Um, And so, yeah, and and, and that's not taking anything away from Thor Ragnarok, but you can just see how Guardians of the Galaxy, and we've spoken about before, was was one of those movies that if it failed, doesn't matter, because then Marvel Universe will keep on ticking along. But because it just went so nuts, they've now taken that. It's like, okay, well, people don't like dark, depressing comic book movies anymore. Yeah. They want comic book colour movies. Yeah. And so, um, we've got Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. That's it. Hmm. Shot in Queensland. Yes. Which I think is great, yeah. because... Uh, look, no, I think it's great, but I just hate how I just can't get in on these fucking projects. They bring in all these awesome projects to Australia, and I just can't get in the fucking door. I was, um, I, I, I went, and when I was going to Sydney to do this sort of extreme acting course, I met this fellow there, and God bless him, I love him, but just, you know, and he, um, he, he, he got really bored one day in his supermarket job, so he goes, yeah, so, you know, I went up to Queensland and, um, I auditioned for Band of Brothers. And so he's there auditioning for Band of Brothers, Steven Spielberg's almost sequel to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was asked, oh, yeah, that's great. Can you do an American accent? The guy went, oh, yeah. So he gave, like, a real cowboy American accent. Didn't get the gig. So then he went and did this um, acting studio thing that I was doing. So he said, yeah, so I'm here just to learn how to do an American accent, eh? And I was, like, looking at him. I just went... How'd you get in the fucking room? Yeah. You know, how did yeah. you get there, buddy? Like, oh, I was bored in my supermarket job, so I thought I'd go for it. We're all bored in our supermarket jobs. We all want to go talk to Steven Spielberg. Yeah. yeah but the, Jesus was, Spielberg. I did funny. I say Jesus Spielberg? Nice. No. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, Some of our listeners would agree with that. Yeah. Oh. But I just found it was interesting because, like, I, um, this was the type of guy who I think would, is, is what a director wants from an actor. Yeah. Because he, he was willing just to do whatever the director wanted. If he says, all right, you need an American accent, yep, give me a month, I'll be back. Yeah, you know? yeah. and, um, and he was the only guy out of the class who got gigs, because yeah. take his top off, six-pack. Yep. Uh, and it just, it destroyed me in a way, because yeah. I was there discussing things with the teacher and getting into mini-arguments, like, I don't think that's right, no, 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 they don't want that. Do this, do that. Yep, 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 done. done. Okay, which is actually a really good leading in point to our next part as Guardian Actors. Now, remember the opening scene where Odin's leaning back on his couch and there's oh, a play yeah. happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Death of Loki. So yeah. funny, man. But um, basically, we had uh, Matt Damon playing Loki. Yeah. We had Sam Neill playing Odin. And Chris Hemsworth's brother, Luke Hemsworth, playing Thor. Yeah. Which is funny because Luke Hemsworth was battling with Chris to pl- to get the Thor role. Really? Because yeah. I heard it was Liam Hemsworth that was Oh, Liam. How, because many, how Luke, many Hemsworths are out there? Luke's Man. the chubby one. Luke, yeah. Two skinny ones and then Luke. And when you say chubby, he's still... Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was on... Uh, 
Bikey Wars, yeah. oh, right. um, which was a TV series, and he was a bit, he, yeah, look, he's a, a bit more chunky than the others, but obviously for this, he'd been working out, man, because you see his arms when he's holding yeah. that Damon up. And think, oh man! <laughs> so Hemsworth in there, that makes sense. Um, Sam Neill makes sense because he was in um, Wilder People. Yep. But then Matt Damon, like, he was... stood out like a sore thumb, didn't he? <laughs> it was great, well, but it was good. It was good. I think but, that was the, I guess, the, the humour turn they went for. Yeah. And but, that, and he does that shit. And he, he did that, um... Oh, Jimmy Kimmel all the was time. It? Was it Road Trip or something? Where oh, Euro Trip. Scotty doesn't it. know! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was funny, because, like, that scene, though, kind of takes away from the twist ending of Thor The Dark World, mm-hmm. where, dun-dun-dun, it's Loki on the throne. <gasps> What's he going to do with Asgard? Yeah. Not a lot. He's just going to just... Well, that's the thing. He, he just wants to rule over someone. And they come back and they're like, all your enemies are building armies up to overtake Asgard and you're here having parties and getting drunk and just... Yeah. But everything's stuff. fine yeah. because Thor's out there defeating the, the armies <laughs> yeah. and, and Asgardians are having a great time. Yeah. They're getting entertained. It's not like Loki is a horrible dictator. He's just enjoying it. He's, He's enjoying it. Yeah, it's like, if this was the big threat all along, yeah. this is manageable. You should have just given him Earth, man. Yeah. All he's going to do is sit around and watch theatre and have chicks give him grapes. <laughs> yeah, how's that different to any other leader on Earth? Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. Um, <laughs> so, we can't talk a Marvel movie without post-credit sequences. Before that. Oh, uh, right, you got more? Just jumping right back to um, John Krasinski. Jumping right back to 1926. Trying to be Captain America. So he was the front runner for it? Yep. yep. You hear why he dropped out? Because he was going to play the Hulk. No. He... <laughs> Jesus. They said when they did dress rehearsals, when they were trying on the suits and that, did Helmsworth just go for Thor or did he go for Cap as well? Oh, look, I I, I want to say he just went for Thor, but I could be mistaken. Because he's saying when they were doing dress rehearsals and he saw Hemsworth rock up, he was like, I can't compete but with But you've got to remember, Thor and, Cap, Thor and Cap were roughly the same time. Yeah. So he, they very well could have been costuming but, at the same time. And, and he just saw the size of him. That bulked up, and he was like, "I can't compete." He's oh, Krasinski, that's yeah. uh, and 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 knowing about um, uh, Chris Evans yeah. and his um, doubts about doing the role yeah. as well, you know. So Krasinski seeing that, it, that would have been a massive mind fuck. Yeah. yeah, it was funny. I've seen um, A Quiet Place. Yeah. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. And it was the and it was funny because I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking if he ever got Captain America, I couldn't really see it because he's got such an expressive. Um, comedic face, mm. but in this movie, it's an emotive face yeah. and yeah. a very honest and warm face as well. Yeah. I thought, oh, he could have been Captain America, yeah. you know, because that's what Cap is, yeah. you know, honest and good. And from, yeah, from day one when they said he was going for it, I was like, that's my pick. That's yeah, my right. Pick. No, I, I can see it now. But yeah, I yeah. get what you're saying as well from the office and that, and it was just yeah. a comical gym. Just just massive eyes, warm, yeah. uh, massive eyebrows and warm eyes yeah. and something. Yeah. His eyebrows, the expression in his eyebrows, he'd always do those funny faces and that. Yeah. But the thing is also, I mean, when you think back Really? Michael Keaton as Batman? Yeah. yeah. You think Chris Pratt, the chubby guy from Films yeah. yeah. Heath, Heath Ledger, that. pretty boy as Joker. You yeah. know, there's a lot of, you know, where they've obviously delivered in the audition yeah. something that we've never seen before. And then all the muscle and all that comes later. Yeah. But we we have to see the heart of the character first. Yeah. And that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Um, I want to take it back down to Kate Blanchett. Yep. Loved it. I thought she was great. Look. <laughs> no. We've talked before... About women in Marvel movies, we hate them. Mm. No, we don't. We love Sarah, them. We love them. Almost, yeah. almost as much as we hate white people in the Black Panther movies. Yeah, 
we'll wish, get to that. <laughs> wish two of them would died. Um, anyway, listen, we um, all of them. Yeah, I'm trying Carry to think on. if there was any more than just two. Legend. There was a bunch of white people in the casino scene. Anyway, um, they all um, they As we've discussed before, right? To me, the Thor movies are about about family. Mm. Okay, I, I see our family. You know, obviously not exactly, but our family reflected in the family dynamics of the first Thor film with me and Nathan growing up and yeah. my dad. Um, and this film reminded me, Kate Blanchett reminded me of my older sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. In, in our teenage years. Yeah. Um, Calling Dr. Freud. Yeah. Tenya, super bitch. And so that's when I, that's, <laughs> and that's when I see um, Hella and I'm like, she's hot. But then I'm like, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and, and I think, again, this is, you know, the first Thor movie really resonated with me for that reason. The second Thor movie, not so much, because it wasn't so much about their family anymore. It was yeah. just more about World stopping building. elves. Yeah. Um, but this one, again, really being about family. Mm. Um, and with Kate Blanchett doing such a good impression of our sister when we were teenagers, you know what I mean? I was just like, because my sister used to be like... You know when you've got a little brother or sister and you put your hand on their head and then they try and punch you and they can't? Yeah. She used to do that to me all the time and I'd swing punches and I'd never hit her. But then over the years, she did it to me one time and I just swung a punch and just went crack and split her lip open. Oh. And we both just... Like, because I was never expecting to land the hit yeah. and she was never expecting it to hit her either, you know? Yeah. So we both were just like... Uh-oh. What the hell? And just walked away clean, Jack. You know. Um, okay. And then we had to talk about. Oh, when mum and dad gets home, look, we'll just say that. Uh, we'll That's fine. Story. We'll throw in a football or something. Yeah, right. You know. But um, yeah. So I mean, look, if if you were to take our family and make some sci-fi galactic story out of it mm-hmm. you know what I mean I sort of feel like that that's what we would get with this film sort of thing you know it's funny you talking about that dynamic because, and we, we spoke about it I guess before but um, Loki really sees a mirror image there yeah. and now he's on the opposite end of like oh my god is this what I'm like yeah. well exactly when Nathan said when Hellas says Neil and yeah. Loki's like what yeah, yeah. Yes. I didn't pick that up before, yeah. But um, the thing with Marvel movies is, and one of their weaknesses, is um, a bad, uh, you know, really weak antagonists. Mm. And, um, you know, Malekith from The Dark World. Yeah. Pff, whatever. Who cares, But yeah. this is great because she she doesn't have her arc at all. She's mm. just in there. She wants this thing. Yeah. Boom. She, she spends the movie killing people. Yeah. Just brutalizing Asgard, yeah. you know. And she's great. The my favourite scene is that well not even a scene, it's just a snippet and it was in the commercial, is when she's walking along and she swings her hips a little bit, she's like, Oh, I've missed this. Yeah, you yeah. know? And that's all you need for this character because she's what is she she's the goddess of war. Goddess no, goddess of, of death. death. death yeah. And she loves being the goddess of death, yeah, and this yeah. is what she loves doing. Yeah. We're seeing her in her elements and um, and we're not seeing Thor in his elements until the third act where yeah. he powers up again, gets his nuts back yeah. and goes crazy. It was it's the whole cheesy 80s your power was always within yeah sort of thing you know but done really well synthesize get up, yes. get up you son of a bitch because mickey loves you <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but um i know when when we watch the film and he comes in with the lightning on the bridge the yeah. kids sing along ah they just sing along with it like what the fuck is it going was on great already? even the soundtrack like even though you know it's got a retro thing to it and people can notice what those songs are they're used so well in this movie yeah. and, and like like you're saying your kids pick up on the actual you know heart of that of that music you yeah. know that connection to the scene as opposed to oh i know this song yeah you know? yeah and um 
Okay, something we haven't touched on is a lot of the scenes, especially on that rainbow bridge towards the end, mm. is like an 80s video game, Mortal Kombat style, where you, you're looking at it... Side, what do you call this, the side-scrolling games type platform. thing? Platform. But yeah, you've got a platform and you've yeah. got your yeah. Raiden versus Sub-Zero yeah. or Ryu versus Ken, yeah. you know, fighting on a yeah. bridge. And although it does yeah, sort of swing around that, but there are these moments, like yeah. when Thor first comes down, it's, it's like straight out of Injustice 2 or yeah. something, you yeah. know? So that's something like... Actually, not even Injustice Two, but I mean, you know, the old '80s ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought Streets of Fury. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess also the um, use of soundtrack is is from Guardians as well. Yeah, because previous Thor movies were were composed. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Post credit sequence. Two, 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 two post credit sequences. Um, Look, I didn't really touch on the final one, but there's. I felt like there was two takeaways from the from the one. The mid sequence. Loki and Thor Chad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what that sets up, and as we were saying before, you know, you were saying, has Thor ever had the chainmail armor? Yeah. And I said that's from the J. Michael Straczynski and Oliver Kopiel's yeah. run. That era, that run of comic books came like five years after the comic book Ragnarok story oh. where Asgard was destroyed and actually Thor, Loki, everyone was killed. Mm. And then uh, J. Michael Straczynski did this run where Thor turned up on Earth and he's a bit am- amnesiac. Is that the right word? Yeah, Amnesia. sure. And so he's, podcast. he's finding people on Earth who are actually the gods with amnesia and just living as humans. And he's activating them. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was, and then they set up Asgard on Earth in Mm. the middle of some giant field in Kansas or something. (laughs) No, in in the States. You know, they just had this floating kingdom. I've read this and it's floating and so government people come along and go, yeah, you can't be on this land. And it's like, we're not on the land. We're not on the land. We're 10 feet above the land. Yeah. And uh, so, I, 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 uh, yeah, like they've got no Asgard in the film, mm. so they're heading to Midgard. They're heading to Earth, and it, it's sort of, to me, it's, it's like the comic book runs. Ragnarok's happened. We've destroyed Asgard. Now we're going to set up Asgard on Earth. Yeah, but whether that's actually going to happen or not, who knows? Because we see the giant spaceship that dwarfs their giant spaceship. Now I tried to do some Googles to see. If it's Thanos' spaceship from the comics or anything, I couldn't find a definitive answer. It looks to me very Chitherian, like the the, yeah, the bad guys from um, the first Avengers film. I just which ass- in the comics was the Thanos' sp- warriors, basically. Yeah. I just assumed it was the Guardians of the Galaxy. No, they've no. got a tiny ship, man. Oh. Their Milano is so much smaller than the one that Thor and Loki yeah. were on. Yeah, okay. No, because that's got to be either Thanos' ship or a Chitherian ship. It's Thanos' ship, Yeah, and they're coming for... The Tesseract? Is it the square? What's that one off? Yeah, the Tesseract. The first Avengers, no. Was yeah. It? Or was it? The Cosmic Cube. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's coming for, that gem. Because mm. you see, when Loki's walking through, he's got to activate Ragnarok. He's got to put that the skull into the Eternal Fire. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he walks past, and the... The cosmic cubes there, and he's like, "Ooh!" And you see him look at it. Well, yeah. that, that was also when, saying, when no, Hella was walking through. When Hella was walking through, she, she knocks Infinity Gauntlet over, says "fake,", fake. Yeah. walks past. I thought that would be bigger, and then she sees the cosmic cube and goes, "Oh, that's interesting." Because I was saying, yeah. that but that then goes to the fire. You know, that was a bit of the comic book purist 
complain and saying that Thanos' gauntlet was the wrong hand. Yeah. Oh, All the fans got upset, so they're like, oh, fake, there you go. Yeah. yeah it's done now. Quit your bitching. Um, yeah, so to me, that was the two takeaways because the. Um, as we've seen in the Infinity Wars trailer, mm. at the very end of that first trailer, Thor standing there with the Guardians of the Galaxy going, who the hell are you guys? Mm. Right. There was a San Diego Comic Con clip that they showed last year that it went online for like two seconds and it was just pulled down and it's oh. never been thrown back up, right? Um, and I, I read a, a play-by-play description of it. And basically that Thor Guardians of the Galaxy thing is the Guardians of the Galaxy are just cruising along and Thor just hits the windscreen like a bug <laughs> and pulling in the ship sort of thing. So what we're thinking is that that's Thanos' ship. He's like, where's the Tesseract? What are you talking about? And he's just bitch slapping aliens across the galaxy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that's just theory off my head. But yeah, cool. we know in the from that clip that they showed that they never showed again yeah. that, yeah, Thor hits the windscreen and that's probably the whole thing where he's like, who the hell are you guys sort of thing. Yeah. Well, there was mention of one of the Guardians of the Galaxy planets in Ragnarok. Was it? Um, when they were talking about flying back to Asgard, and they're like, well, this is going to take months, 18 months or something, and um, the Valkyrie goes, we'd have to stop at, and she mentioned some planet, and it's one of the main planets on um, Guardians. Oh, oh the okay. one where the Nova Corps are. Nova Prime. No, it's got another name of the actual planet, though. Okay. No, I'll have to look that up again, because I didn't, I didn't notice that at all. So, I mean, I read the stuff, but I don't, didn't write a lot of it down. Cool. Um, yep. What about the political message of this movie? Mm-hmm. A hint. Right now. That now song. Wow, wow. What's that called? Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. Yep. Nice. Okay, yeah, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah, so we're talking about land rights. We're talking about refugees. Yeah. You know, we've got a whole people who have lost their land. They're drifting through space. And the message is, oh, Asgard is a people. It's not a place. Yeah. We are Asgard. So wherever we go, that's where Asgard's going to be. Okay. Um, We're going to be resettling. We are refugees. Look, completely missed that and actually like the movie more because of it. Mm. And you think Um, about, you know, this is, um, you know, Taika Waititi from New Zealand. And we've got a couple of New Zealand people in the movie. Yep. Indigenous to New Zealand. Like we said, there was the the, um, Aboriginal guy who played Colin, Mm -hmm. you know, and as they said, the the Grandmaster's um, orgy ship was uh, yellow, red, and black to syndicate the Aboriginal flag. And um, Valkyrie's ship was symbolising where, what's his name, Waititi, the flag from where he's from, like in New Zealand. They've got a certain flag for their area and that represents that. Yeah, cool. I think that's awesome because that's obviously delivering a very serious message to people. And um, so you can't love this movie and love these characters and then... Yeah, be anti-immigration. That's right. Because well, you just rights. saw how uh, people feel about their land. And you're rooting for all these people in this movie. Yeah, wow. but but it's really getting into um, that you know that person's story and, and what it means to to lose that. Yeah, man, I like that. I like that a lot. And it's I, I can't believe someone like me who's always fucking on Facebook posting about fucking immigrants. Yeah, you know, <laughs> posting about. What's his name? Dutton. We fucking hate him because he's against human rights and stuff. I can't believe I missed it. Yep. But, um, That's what the whole movie's about. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. Anything else before we second, wrap this baby up? The second post-credit scene. Oh, look, that was... Uh, I don't. The reason I mentioned this one is because 
I just love Jeff Goldblum playing the Grandmaster. Yeah, he had so much little moments in there. It's like, um, <clears throat> well, for me, it's like watching a Jason Bateman movie, and people go, "He's not funny," uh, but he's got these little expressions and yeah. stuff, which I think are brilliant. Well, you know what? Night? Yes. Oh, so good. <laughs> that, sorry, but that game night where he's going, he played the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. It was in it was in Fight Club. Mark Ruffalo was in Fight Club. Jesus. Yeah. Um, there was the one moment that really made me burst out laughing is when he's uh, Jeff Goldblum's there with um, Topaz and Valkyrie, and you know he gives her the money sort of thing, and and she just touches his face, and he's, you see him go a little bit ooh la di da on his on his face before getting back to business sort it's of. Just thing. all the stuff like that, yeah. like where yeah. Thor breaks the when he's in the shackles and he breaks, he goes yeah, and his hands just go a little bit of lightning, and he's like, well, I didn't hear any thunder, but I saw sparkles. Watch out for sparkly hands there. Have you seen the deleted scene where where he he asks for a check? No. And then that New Zealand lady's next to her. What, what's her character? Topaz. Topaz. He goes, oh, so you're writing something down. He goes, no, I'm going... No, no, no. That, this is writing... What's this? What's this? Yeah. And they go through all these symbols. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, check out the deleted yeah, scenes. It's, it heaps funny, man. Heaps funny. Yeah. Um, okay, so... We will wrap this up. We've got uh, another rough review by Lachlan Ruffy to follow this up. Um, but what I want to do, though, is I want to finish with a quote from the movie that really hit me, right? Mm-hmm. It really stood out to me, to all the people who bitch and moan about this movie, oh, it, it was too funny. It wasn't um, the real Thor. It's was not it what Ragnarok? We, yeah, it was wasn't it what Planet we wanted Hulk? from Planet Hulk. It wasn't what we wanted from a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Because it was. It was, it was a step away from, the, as you said, the darkness and grittiness of the Marvel movies and, mm. and, and a fun, you know, soap opera type, mm. not space opera type thing. You yeah. Know? To deliver a very serious message. Yeah. And that's the way to do it through comedy and parody and satire yeah. to really hit home with the message. Um, so the quote came from the scene where uh, Loki was going to betray Thor and Thor hit him with the electric thing. Oh, yeah. Now, um, Thor says, oh, that looks painful, dear brother. You've become predictable. I trust you. You betray me. Round and round in circles we go. See, Loki, life is about, it's about growth. It's about change. But you seem to just want to stay the same. Guess what? I guess what I'm trying to say is that You'll always be the god of mischief, but you could be more. I'll just put this over here for you. But what stood out to me was when he says, it's about growth, it's about change, but you just seem to want to stay the same. Mm. To me, that everyone who was bitching mm. about this movie, because to me, man, this is one of the greatest Marvel movies yet, mm. right? And, and people complaining that it's not Thor, it's not Ragnarok, no, it's not, it's not Planet Hulk... You know what I mean? It's just like, guys, we've had all that. We've had the Dark Thor movies. We've had the gritty Captain America movies. We've had 18 films or something. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let's try Mix something up. different and enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, guys, well, that's about it for this week. Um, as I said, we're going to go straight on to uh, rough reviews with Lachlan Ruffy. Uh, look, make sure you hit us up on our Facebook group. Come and have a chat with us about the episodes if we've made some mistakes, especially in this episode. As we said, we're, we're not Thor experts, so we're happy to be schooled. And um, so, yeah, thanks for listening and be good to each other. Lachlan Ruffy's Rough Reviews, watching films that the Turtle Boys choose. 
Rough Reviews. Hey guys, it's Ruffy again with another Rough Review for the Turtle Boys podcast. Big old tip of the hat to the Turtle Boys, sending me the money to go see this one again. This week we're seeing Thor Ragnarok, and I'm going to tell you about this. Let's get straight to the review. Thor Ragnarok is one of the greatest uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe films ever. It's widely popular, and let me tell you, on first viewing, it's not hard to see why. You get all your classics. You get Thor. You get Thor's brother, the goth kid. You get um, you get uh, goth lady. Uh, you get Santa with an eye patch. Pirate Santa's great. And, of course, they're all working together because they've got to get to Ragnarok. And that's, that's the main goal here, is it's their journey to Ragnarok. And so, will this mismatched group of friends ever get there? Who knows? Obviously, it wouldn't be a Marvel Cinematic Universe film without an excellent opportunity to embrace special effects and CGI. The soundtrack is almost entirely synth, and uh, there's lots of explosions, which is great, because if I'm going to Ragnarok, I'd want to see a lot of explosions. It's a very colourful film. All the colours are represented here. It's very vibrant. Uh, it's got a lot of 80s graphics in it. 80s of, of course, coming back, everybody loves retro. I sometimes feel like they lean a bit too hard on the comedy. I want a few less jokes and a bit more of the lessons they learn on their journey to Ragnarok, because... We all know when they get to Ragnarok, they're going to need to use everything they've learned if they want to survive. Overall, I'd give the film about four stars out of five, because you betcha, there's a dragon right at the end. They sneak him on in there. I'm very excited about that. I nearly threw up my popcorn right on the lady in front of me. And there you go. That's my review of Thor Ragnarok. Big thanks again for the Turtle Boys for sending me the money to go see that bad boy. And I look forward to the next one. Lachlan Ruffy's Rough Reviews Watching films that the Turtle Boys choose Rough Reviews This was a Turtle Boy Podcast.